All right, we are at session four. And uh, so far we've covered, what have we covered? When races collide, when life is expendable, when circumstances overwhelm, and so we're going to look now at what substance do when we allow substances to take a foothold in our lives as it not ought to be. So let's begin with the first question. <clears throat> What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Anybody had an adventurous experience? The most adventurous thing you've ever done. Let's not all go at once. <laughs> Did anybody ever do this uh, canoeing thing that we see on this picture here? Yeah, white water rafting. White water rafting. You did that? Yeah, that's very exciting. Okay. <laughs> Was that the most exciting adventure you've ever done? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think a few of the roller coaster rides were more exciting. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Disney World. Was it Mountain? I was in that mountain before. Was in that and I went walking around the mountain with my brother. Oh, that's great. Okay. Nobody got an experience, okay. All right, let's look at um, Bible Meets Life then. Someone go ahead and read it, please. It takes true dedication to do what some people do. <laughs> Ride a bicycle with only one gear 3,000 miles across America. Hike all 2,200 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Climb the 29,029 feet of Mount Everest. Mm. While we marvel the skill and endurance that people display, let's remember one key factor. None of them did it alone. Only the most foolhardy would attempt an extreme sport without a support team. And of course, they need special gear to accomplish these endeavors. We don't face life alone either. In spite of our American ideal of self-reliance, we can't go it alone. Unfortunately, too many people try to endure the rigors of life by relying on alcohol and drugs. Such reliance, though, can lead to drunkenness and addiction. God has a better plan. When we rely on God, the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives, the path we walk is both rich and joyous. Living under the power of God is the best adventure possible. Okay. <clears throat> Ride a bicycle with only one gear 3,000 miles across America. What a feat. Yeah. <laughs> Hike 200 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Climb the 29,029 feet of Mount Everest. While we celebrate solo accomplishments, the reality is we need God and others in our lives. Point to remember. What's the point of our lesson today? Only God's Holy Spirit should dictate our thoughts and actions. Okay, only God and His Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of uh, people take pride 
on being self-reliant and standing on their own two feet. I'm sure you could think of someone like that. I can surely do. And yet many allowed outside influences or substances to control their behavior totally. The abuse of substances like drugs, alcohol, takes individuals down the wrong path when they are consumed or, or by or under the influence of the substances. Instead, God offers us something far greater and beneficial to control our lives. And what is that? The Holy His, Spirit and His Word. His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit. Okay, and this Holy Spirit allows us through the Word of God to be governed and to be controlled in a way that would truly honor Him. Okay, we have a... <coughs> A couple of passages as usual to look at. Uh, first, the first one is Ephesians 5.17. Uh, but before we, we read that, let me give you the background or the setting for this passage uh, that we're going to be looking at. Uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians can be divided in two main sections. In the first section, that is chapter 1 verse 3 to chapter 3 verse 21, Paul described how believers are new creations in Christ and all that this entails. In the second section, Paul described how the reality of being new creations should be lived out in the believers' daily lives. And that's chapter 4, verse 1, all the way through to chapter 6 and verse 20. Paul especially emphasized how believers are to fulfill God's purposes as they live through the filling and by the guidance of His Holy Spirit. And so we are not to be controlled by anything or anyone other than God the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul lays out in this book of Ephesians. So let's begin with uh, the first two verses. Uh, we can have someone read those, please. Because you pay careful attention and to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, continue. God's plan is for us to have abundant life. Jesus said, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. John 10, 10. We experience his abundance as we walk with him. In Ephesians 5, 15, the Apostle Paul urged those of us who have been called out of darkness not to live foolishly, but to pay careful attention to how we conduct our lives. In other words, he called us to live wisely. For Paul, living wisely meant understanding that what we do with our time never has a neutral value. We can use our time to work for good or we can use our time to produce evil. There's no middle ground. 
sends evil and sin all around us, all the time, our choices become even more urgent concerning how we spend our time. Paul didn't want his readers to be foolish, rather, he wanted them to understand the, the Lord's will. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord and adopt the same priorities in their lives. Those who are wise invest their energy and effort in what really matters, based on God's agenda. Those who are foolish waste precious time by focusing on things that will vaporize in the scope of eternity. The way to be wise is by understanding what the Lord's will is. We are cons consistently and daily get into God's word. As we consistently and daily get into God's word. Reading, hearing, studying, and meditating on it. We discover His will. Scripture is clear regarding God's will for our salvation and character. How we live the specifics of where we live are not necessary spelled out in God's word. But we still can discover his meaning on matters of life like marriage, jobs, and education, for example. As we get into God's word and are sensitive to his leadership, his Holy Spirit speaks. He often uses circumstances and other believers to give us direction, but that direction must always align with his word. Okay. So uh, we need to, as believers, as we look at this verse, we need to pay attention to how we are to live by being wise and not foolish. Notice what he says. He says the wise do what? They make the most of their time. There's a passage that tells us to redeem the times because the days are evil. And we don't need to go very far. We don't need to look far to see that the days are evil. Okay? Um, and it's getting worse. And then he says we are to know that the days are evil. We don't walk around with our heads stuck in the sand. Okay, we know that the days are evil. And then he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. And so in order for believers to experience the abundant life, God offers us, offers, the, in order for believers to experience the abundant life that God offers <clears throat> and to accomplish his purposes, we must walk wisely. Living each moment with God's, first of all, his guidance, and then his empowerment. To live with God's guidance, we ask God, Lord, lead me today according to your steps, according to your way. And then, Lord, empower me to do what I need to do today in order that I may accomplish your will, your way. So we, 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 we live by God's guidance and empowerment. This requires us to pay careful attention to how we live. The Greek words translated, be, pay careful attention, emphasize 
diligent discernment, seeing with the eyes and perceiving with the mind. Things are not always what they appear to be. We know that, right? We live in a world under the influence of our enemy. Satan is opposed to God and every single purpose that God has derived. Using lies, deceit, and other items in his personal arsenal to keep people from experiencing, experiencing the eternal life that God fully intended for us to have. <clears throat> he, uh, he desires to hinder us from enjoying the abundant life that comes through a relationship with following the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are careless about how we live, we're going to find ourselves becoming victims of Satan's traps and his schemes. And they are many and they are consistent. He never stops. Remember now, we sleep. The devil doesn't. He doesn't need it. So while we are sleeping, he's planning and scheming on what our next day is going to be like. What, what, what problems he's going to throw in our path. Uh, you, know, you, you sit down and you make all these plans and, and, uh, and the devil says, oh yeah, you think that's going to happen? We'll see. Okay, and that's why the Bible tells us that we have to commit our plans to the Lord. Okay, commit our plans to the Lord. So a key word in this verse is the Greek word translated as then. T-H-E-N. It could also be translated therefore. And this word draws attention to what Paul had previously written in the opening verses of chapter 5. There he contrasted living in light versus living in darkness. Doing what pleases God rather than following the desires of our sinful nature. In order to imitate God, to do what is right according to his standards, we must be attentive and vigilant about how we live. We don't live haphazardly. The Greek term translated live has the meaning of consistency in how a person lives his life. The book of Proverbs speaks to the need for such attentiveness, not just carelessly wandering through life. The, in, the inexperienced one believes anything, but the sensible one watches his steps, according to Proverbs 14, 15. The experienced person, the inexperienced person, you can get them to believe anything you tell them. And that's why the numbers business is so big. <laughs> because they believe that stuff that they're being told. Okay, but the sensible person watches his steps. Okay, let's look at verse 16. Verse 16. It says, making the most of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. The Greek word translated making the most of can mean redeem or buy up. It pictures a person looking for and seizing something valuable for his own use. The word for time in this verse doesn't refer to chronological time, minutes and hours that pass in our lives. The Greek word chronos. The Greek word used here is kairos, signifying strategic or opportune moments. While we should not waste our days, 
the chronos time we have been given, this verse emphasizes taking advantage of the significant or the kairos opportunities God has given us. And God has given us many opportunities. We need to make sure that we take advantage of them. Why? Because the days that we are living in is evil. The evil system of the world, not creation as a whole now. Okay? The evil system is not the whole of creation. This system, the world system, is opposed to God's standards and purposes. Satan, the god of this age, is active in our world. And then verse 17 talks about foolish, that word foolish. The Greek word for foolish means senseless, stupid, or unintelligent. Now nobody want, no, want to be described by any of those words, right? You're going to find yourself in a big fight. If you ever call somebody senseless, or stupid, or unintelligent, nobody likes to hear those words. But uh, the Bible says that that's how the people behave. They behave in that way. Okay? Uh, so the Greek word foolish means senseless, stupid, or unintelligent. Someone who acts without thinking. And there are a lot of people who, sad to say, are no longer with us because they acted without thinking and lost their lives in the process. We hear about it all the time in the crime stats. In contrast, the wise person seeks to understand what the will of the Lord is. Understanding the Lord's will involves not only knowing, but also doing God's will. So we understand what God's will is. The full process of understanding means that we're going to do what God says. Okay, moving quickly, the next passage we have is uh, verse 18. So someone, just one verse. Someone read that, please. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Go ahead, continue. Notice the key word there, read that. Filled by the Spirit. The Spirit's filling refers to his control of a believer's thoughts, emotions, speech, and actions. Okay, now notice that. What is the filling of the Lord involved? Control, control of believers' thoughts, thoughts, emotions, speech, and actions. Four things, right? Okay, continue. After telling us in verse 17 to understand the Lord's will, Paul gave us two clear commands regarding God's will. Number one, don't be drunk with wine, alcohol. Be filled with the Spirit. Those two commands are polar opposites but both have to do with who or what we allow to control us. The problem with wine, indeed, with any alcohol and substance, is that they dull our senses. We're no longer in control, the substance is. When a person is under the influence, he's neither making the most of his time, nor living wisely. Most of us know individuals who become intoxicated and active like totally different people. Their self-control was gone. Paul was not addressing addictions, though the command applies to addictions as well. Many people are not alcoholics. In fact, they may not drink alcohol for days or weeks at a time, but they may occasionally get drunk with friends on a Friday night. The frequency is not the issue. The problem is these people allow something else to take control. Instead of being controlled by alcohol or some other substance, we are to be controlled by God's Spirit. But although we are under His control, 
we are never under the drunken person. We never like the drunken person out of control. In fact, quite the opposite occurs. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be self-controlled. But, um, but, sorry. When substances take over, a person is led into reckless living. The Greek word Paul used captures the idea of something unhealthy. It implies that one who lives like this destroys himself. By contrast, consider the benefits of living under the influence and control of the Holy Spirit. If you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Romans 8 and 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 and 13. By the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled and empowered by Him, but it's not a one-time event. The, the verb suggests continuous action. It really means to go on being filled, indicating a daily process of, of submission to the Spirit. Just as Jesus said to his followers, said his followers must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow him. Luke 9, 23. We must daily surrender control of our lives to the Spirit. Okay. You know, um... Yeah, go on, next page. I'm sorry. (laughs) We each must decide who or what will I let influence my thinking and actions. Ephesians 5 and 18 makes it clear. We are to be continuously filled by the Spirit. If we are tempted to indulge in anything we know is foolish or reckless, we can lead to we can lean on the Spirit, praying for his strength to lead a life that pleases Christ instead now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy to the only god our savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty power and authority before all time now and forever amen jude 24 25. okay okay let's go back to question number two how would you describe the difference between the wise and the foolish? Um, one thing is they don't accept the free gift. Okay. It's right there and they prefer to go and pay money to get counseling and all kind of things, but they could just accept the free gift, but they think that's too easy. That's okay. And then our next question, number... That's number... Number three, what are the consequences of being under the influence of substances? Do something foolish. Yeah, do sometimes. Okay. <coughs> Notice what the, what the, the uh, passage says that <coughs> the key word says uh, the spirit filling refers to the control of the believer's thoughts, emotions, speech, 
and actions. Isn't that how alcohol do the same thing with a person when they're controlled? <coughs> okay, when a person under the influence of alcohol, their thoughts are affected, right? They can't think straight. Their emotions are affected. Their emotions are out of control, right? And what about speech? Yeah. They can't talk right, right? Tongue-tied. They're tongue-tied and all that stuff. All right? And then their actions. They do them, say them some, some things that, that they would not necessarily do if they were sober, right? Yeah, they let down their inhibitions. Right. Or not even aware of. Right. Okay, um, I got some handouts here. Yeah. Good, keep these out. Pass these out. One each. <coughs> this is talking about the opioid epidemic. Uh, opioids are uh, substances that people take that control their lives. Some, uh, they're, they're intended, some for good, uh, in terms of um, uh, health issues and so on and so forth. Uh, and this gives us some statistics that are opening. These are 2016 United States statistics. Um, and notice what it says. It's, it's, it's clearly an epidemic. Uh, 116 people die every day from opioid-related drug overdoses. That's 116 people every day. Think about that for a moment. Every single day. 116 people die from overdoses. Opioid. Opioid, that's drugs. It's a, a variety of yeah. drugs that oh. people take for medical oh. issues. Okay? And then 11.5 million people misuse prescription opioids. Okay? They, in other words, they take them for the wrong reasons. Okay? Kids find their, their parents' medications and they curious about it, take it, and they get a little high, and so they continue taking the care of the school and give it to their friends, and everybody's walking on school on cloud nine. Okay, 42.2, million people died from over, 42,249 people died from overdosing on opioids. 2.1 million people have had opioid use disorder. 948,000 people use heroin. 170,000 people use heroin for the first time. 2.1 million people misuse prescription opioids for the first time. 17,087 deaths attributed to overdosing on common, get this now, commonly prescribed opioids. Okay, that people, uh, medication, that are commonly prescribed. Okay, you could call that over-the-counter medication. 19,413 deaths attributed to overdosing on synthetic opioids other than methadone. 15,469 deaths attributed to overdosing on heroin. Get this one. 504 billion in economic Costs. So we see that the drug business is big and booming and is taking a lot of lives. Okay, we got uh, one more passage to read. So let's look at that one. 
that the last one? Okay, verses 19 to 21. Who want to read that one? Anybody? That's uh, page 128. Okay, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Paul began chapter 5 with an emphasis, emphasis on walking. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love. As Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God, Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Then he called us to live, to walk with wisdom, verse 15. We are to, we are able to do this as we are filled by the Spirit of God, verse 18. In verses 19 to 21, Paul described how the Holy Spirit influences the lives of believers. Those who are filled by the Spirit choose to fill their speech with praises for God, according to verse 19. They continually give thanks to God, according to verse 20. They willingly submit to one another, according to verse 21. We are to let the Holy Spirit govern how we live and act. We are to let the Holy Spirit govern how we live and act. Our words, one, when it comes to indulging in alcohol or substances, friends easily influence each other. With a simple word, one friend invites another to just have one drink. If you have friends who encourage such behavior, even enabling those who struggle with addiction, then we would be wise to reconsider those with whom we allow to influence us. When we speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, we offer a totally different influence. Having the Spirit in our lives leads us to honor Christ through our influence and encouragement in the lives of others. And then number two, our attitude. We are to give thanks. Always, one, always, and two, for everything. As we grow in Christ, letting His Spirit lead us, we see life more and more from His perspective. We have also, we have so much to be thankful for. We can't give thanks in everything. We can give thanks in everything, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Even when we face challenges and difficulties, thankfulness helps us overcome feelings that otherwise might drive us to alcohol or substances. And then thirdly, our actions. We are to relate to one another with a submissive attitude. All Christians should practice submission, but we all know it and can be tempting to place conditions on our actions based on the actions of others. It's easy for us to say, I'll submit when she submits, or I'll sacrifice after he sacrifices. However, we are called to set aside our rights for the sake of others. Lest we think submission is beneath us, submission is the very thing Christ did for us, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. And Paul wrote that we are to adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, according to verse 5. 
Paul prefaces this picture of Jesus' humble obedience by explaining what the mission should, t- should look like in our lives. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verses 3 and 4. Here's the truth. We are not responsible for the way others behave, nor do we have control over the way other people act or react based on the commands of God's word. But we are responsible for the way we behave, and we do have control over our own actions. We can take the steps in obedience to Christ by submitting control of our lives to his spirit. Amen? What is the evidence? Question, last question. What is the evidence that someone is under the control of the Spirit? Anybody? They live sensibly. They live sensibly, to put it in a nutshell. Yeah, they live sensibly. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Living the example of Christ. Okay, they're living from the example of Christ. And clearly, you've been given that example. Okay, let's see how we can flesh this out. Look at page 131. Walking under the power and direction of the Holy Spirit is far better than anything we can dream up ourselves. How will you apply this truth this week? Three points. One, confess. Ask the Lord to reveal you, reveal to you things in your life that are holding you captive. Pay attention to the things you turn to for comfort. Confess any substance abuse to the Lord and ask him to set you free. <clears throat> and substance abuse could be anything that we find ourselves taking too much of. Discover. If you need specific direction in your life, seek to discover God's will. Commit to spending time daily reading God's word to understand his plan. Pray and seek the counsel of others as well. And then thirdly, learn or lean on others. Surround yourself with people who will help you walk in the spirit. Ask them to keep you accountable and to encourage you. Okay, so we have three things that you can do there. Uh, You can do one. You can do two, or you can do all three. Confess, discover, and lean on others. Amen? Okay, that brings us to the end of our lesson. But uh, let's pray. Father, take control of our lives so that we will always live under the influence of your spirit and nothing else. In Jesus' name we pray for your blessed benediction. Amen. Amen. All right.